0: From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know that this is your most important event. It is their goal to make you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN, LD at Large. I hope everybody's listening and enjoying. I am here today with one of my very best friends from the industry, Rob Gibson, production designer at So Midwest. Uh, We are taking this time to relax and reflect and think about what we're going to do when we hit the pause button because both of us are not... Very good at pausing. We're we're really always motivated to be pushing forward, and we always kind of say that we we want to hit the pause button, but we never meant for thirty or sixty days. We kind of meant for like an hour so that we could go for drinks in Chicago. Uh, I hope that's all pretty accurate. Rob, is that uh, is that kind of where you're at as well? Yeah, man. Well, first and foremost, I'd like to say thanks for. Uh you know, inviting me to
1: come talk to you and your listeners of which I am one. And I think it's a, a cool podcast and it's, I like to see all these podcasts growing. Uh, it's a neat medium and, you know, a unique perspective. And I get to hear all my friends and people I don't know talk. So thank you. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, you know, if you had told me like, Hey man, here's 60 days. Uh, no one's going to be asking for, renderings by a certain time or no one's going to be looking for an updated drawing or a new budget uh for 60 days or so i have a thousand projects that we need to do around the studio and around the house and um you know it's sort of unfortunate that it also coincides with like a loss of income so that we don't have any funds to do all of those things
0: yeah, this is kind of the way I envisioned my my retirement, not the the <laughs> peak of my career. Definitely yeah. not when I just started my brand new job with uh, my favorite lighting company, you know? It's I was not expecting this. Yeah.
1: Uh on social media, I've been hosting what I'm calling the Loading Dock, and it's just a uh I bought a subscription to Zoom, which is the thing we're using right here as well. Um and I basically just kind of have a video conference going during the day. We're still coming into the studio in Chicago. Uh, I have not had my employee. I have one full-time animator that works with us here and he's telecommuting. But since I live four blocks away and I'm the only person in the studio, I sort of uh, need to do that um, just for my own sense of normalcy and, you know, still want to come in and make sure everything's cool. Also, my lady works from home. Um, so, you know, she, her and I wouldn't have two of the same workplaces in the house. So it's been very fortunate to have the place super close and sort of be able to come in. I did grapple a little bit with like the social responsibility of like, should I be doing this? But I think because it's just me, uh, and I can wipe off all the doorknobs and stuff. It's okay. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) it's very responsible of you.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, that's not what I'm known for, but. You know, I just, I don't, with any of this stuff, you know, like I, it's weird being a touring guy that has, you know, recently transitioned into being like a company owner. I think we're all company owners to a point, you know, when we incorporate and do that sort of thing. But then having like an employee, like a real live employee with like a, a livelihood and, you know, like laws and stuff like there are certain laws that deal with this quarantine that mean that like i can't have them come in right because we're not deemed as much as i think we're an essential service to the world um turns out we're not
0: no we're we're just kissing the the border there but we are not <laughs> we're not isolation um, essential we are uh, yeah. psyche essential and we're uh, entertainment essential but not not upper yeah. echelon essential
1: apparently Yep. And I'm not super great at the like human resources version of all this stuff. So I have some uh, people that help me out and advise with that stuff. And, you know, it's like, I can't ask him to come in currently. So, you know, or just, but also I want to, you know, take what lighting console manufacturers love to talk about, like a level of abstraction away and just go like, is it the right thing to do to have them come in? And, you know, I think right now, no. You know, stay at home, be with your dog, watch YouTube, do stuff. Um, you know, he's got a workstation that he can do up to a certain amount of work at home, but also there is no work right now. So it's a lot of like training and learning and trying new things and, and doing things.
0: We're basically being called upon, not just by our country, but by humanity to sit at yeah. home and and think about our, what we've done and what we can do. It's yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and it's, it's funny because
1: I wake up and I go, all right, cool. There's so many things that I've wanted to learn or wanted to do. And then, you know, you get in here and it's a mountain of them. And you're like, where do I, you know, where do I start? Like, I should be better at illustrator. I should be better at Houdini. I should be better at all of these, At you know, let me, I don't think anybody's ever going to be the best at touch designer, but like, I could definitely be better you know, but then you get in here and you're like in one app for five minutes and then you get distracted and you do this and you wipe off the doorknob and then you clean something and you come back and, you know, so it's in isolation mode. It's also like, how do you stay hyper-focused?
0: Mm, there's so much to focus on. The, and for the first time, we actually have the amount of time that we can let ourselves just kind of ramble and take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But it's hard yeah. to f- figure out which one you're going to focus on now. Yeah. Well, and
1: what and well that's been the cool thing about the loading dock kind of, you know, live uh web broadcast or whatever is like just the random amount of people that have been popping in. You know, I've had LDs, I've had, you know, Aaron Hubbard popped in yesterday, uh George Masic, you know, Chris Barclay from upstaging, it, you know, and it's like and even it was really funny because like at a point I had Scott Zamatis, Chris Barkley, Aaron Hubbard all on the screen. And I was like, wait, do you guys, (laughs) you guys all know each other? But like Chris Barkley and Aaron Hubbard didn't know each other. Wow. How can can that be? You guys should meet,
0: (laughs) you know? Welcome to Rob's digital loading dock.
1: Yeah. And and that's the cool thing too, is like, you get people just like a real loading dock. You get somebody who's been pushing a road case for an hour mixed with somebody who's been doing it for 20 years to the potential for, you know, Whoever to pop in.
0: I, I think that stuff like that is not just cathartic but necessary at this time. We are we are a community based species by by evolution and to take that away from us is it's the worst thing possible, as far as I know. That being confined is the worst punishment that we can come up with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and and Aaron said yesterday too that, you know, the the friends at Ayrton are sort of, you know, getting back to work as this thing is, uh, I don't want to say spiraling down because nobody really knows what's going to happen. But, you know, they're getting back to work and they're like, okay, you know, we're ready to start producing hundreds of, you know, moving light fixtures. And it's like, well, we're just getting started over here, friends. So, uh, (laughs) you know, but do you, you know, as in your, with your other hat, are you guys, is there, was there a backlog of production from being shut down since January or was it um, yeah. Uh,
0: Ayrton has lights ready to move. Um, yeah. There's people back to work. Uh, we are making lights. We are making sure everybody is safe first and foremost, but uh, yeah. not just the manufacturing, it's the, it's the distribution. It's everything that's, it's really slow yeah but uh, everything's still hopeful and optimistic and um, everybody's been really helpful Yeah, and, uh, yeah I definitely would not describe it as a downward spiral over here gotcha well I you know I've
1: seen I don't know I've had kind of a twisted relationship with social media in a way because I'm not super big on it um I definitely check it more than I feel like i want to but um you know just seeing our industry which is you know i always think it's really huge and impressive and cool and and it is but like in the face of like general motors or the car industry or the you know probably even like vinyl siding industry it's really not (laughs) in terms of like (laughs) the numbers but you know i'm really proud that you know like act has released all of their stuff. Vectorworks has released all of their training, um, you know, just about notches, putting all their stuff out, you know, everybody is trying to help in the best way that they can. And that, I think it's really cool. Um, you know, before we jumped on here, we were sort of doing the, like, what are we going to talk about dance? Uh, because it's not talk about all your fun and exciting projects that you don't have. Um, you know, and so you know, some of the stuff that I think is great about our business is that we really are in any way we possibly can trying to help each other, you know, with training or, you know, some, some companies have had to sort of, you know, just rip the bandaid off and lay a bunch of people off. And some people are sort of looking at it and going like, well, we still have 30 and 60 day receivables coming in. And, you know, these folks helped us make that. So, you know, we'll kind of plant our seeds all over the field and keep it going as much as we can, you know? And I, I can't, I have one person to be responsible for. I can't imagine what it is to be responsible for hundreds of people. That's a, that's a stress. I do not wish upon anybody.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I have mixed review. I have mixed feelings on that one. In, in one regard, I feel like I've always been encouraged to have, you know, one, two, three months uh, money just sitting in sa- sitting in savings for just this rainy, rainy day. And I've always prided myself on having a rainy day fund. Uh, it makes me wonder why some of these larger companies didn't do the same. We were all told to do that. Why? Yeah. You know, I was talking to a
1: friend uh, last week about that actually. And it's like this, this thing I think is going to show how just close to the line some businesses operate and some don't, you know, in in inevitably, I think all of entertainment firms grew from, you know, a person becoming more than just one person. Right. And you have that kind of like freelance mentality of like, you don't know where your next meal is going to come from. That's why we never, that's why we're so bad at vacation. Right. Because Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're just always, always on the move, always on the go. And, you know, just trying to line up one thing into the next. But I think, you know, at some point when it becomes not that freelance mentality and it becomes like board of directors mentality or forecasting or any of those cool things that I imagine big boardrooms full of people do, um, you know, you, you kind of lose touch with that, like eating ramen noodles out of a coffee pot, you know, ethos, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a weird thing that I did once in my life when I lived in a storage unit, um, but you can make them out of a coffee pot. The water gets real hot. Just don't put coffee in it.
0: Um, that's that's a skill that's going to come in handy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. And, you know, and I wonder about companies and I don't know how like namey we're getting on this thing, but, uh, you know, companies that have recently made a bunch of big moves, you know, that have bought a bunch of gear in sort of anticipation of it, you know, like that's, it's scary and I hope that they're okay, but you know,
0: I don't know. Yeah. It's so easy to look at somebody who has a warehouse full of lighting and video and like, well, clearly they're rich. Right. But no, they're not. They just have lots of lighting and video. They, that doesn't mean they have a lot of money. Right. Especially if nobody's renting them and then they just have, they've they're hemorrhaging money in fact. with Right.
1: Well, and, and the thing that I think is interesting is, You know, I said this to uh, someone yesterday. I was like, you know, uh, not that I wish ill upon anything, but I'm glad, uh, I don't know how to put these in the right words. I'm glad that it became a bigger than just meetings and events and concerts, right? Because I feel like if society had just carried on and it was our little section of the world, it wouldn't have been, a bad in like as bad of it like we would just be like screwed but like basically us as a human race right now are all in it together right the entire economy is shutting down so like yes yeah i guess i don't know i don't want the entire economy to shut down but i'm glad that it's if we as the entertainment industry had to get impacted that it's not just us because i feel like we would just got rolled over
0: so that makes yeah. sense yeah we uh it's like we were asking for uh, just a an off ramp to go and uh, take a little uh, little pit stop, and we we got broken down on the side of the road for a little while. But <laughs> yeah, the tow truck came to get us, and the tow truck broke down, and then uh, and and so on and so on. Right.
1: Well, and you know, and I think it's it, when you are a freelancer, you know, and it's and I kind of always equate this back to like my roots of like you know, I started out working at a big lighting company and then um, went freelance and then was like driving a van with a punk band, right? And you, you did whatever you had to do to like make money and, you know, pay your rent and like do the thing. And, you know, when I went from being a lighting tech to, you know, driving a Ford Econoline and playing past the cable, which for the younger generation listening, um there used to be this thing that was like a cassette that like plugged into your discman right and so we would just pass the cable and that was like who was djing currently um and you know and you you sort of just have to like be multifaceted and and willing to think on your feet and adapt and or you know like ld lights and drums right that's what that stands mm-hmm. for
0: right yep
1: um but, you know, I think it's interesting if you look at what upstaging is doing on social media, they're like, hey, check it out. Uh, our primary source of fun has uh, evaporated, but we got a hundred odd employees who are really great and they show up every day and they're dedicated and they're insured and they're healthy and we got a bunch of space and we don't know what you want us to do, but I bet you we could do it. And um, I think that's pretty cool, actually. I don't know that like they're going to start making respirators or tanks or whatever, but like, it's cool that they're willing to, that they're, you know, that if you know anything about them, they're so proud of their thing. Right. And so it's cool that, you know, they were like, yeah, rad. We don't, we'll put our pride aside and we'll do anything to keep it going for the betterment of humans.
0: I am hoping that we all remember how certain companies reacted during times like this. Uh, Yeah, definitely makes the the true colors come shining through at uh, at the first sign of hardship
1: well and you know and talking to them you know because i was kind of like you know you've been out there before you see how many trucks they have and drivers and stuff but that's the one thing that they've been able to put directly to use is like they've got trucks moving around with probably toilet paper and you know clorox wipes in them but um you know, they were able to sell their excess capacity of that because that's a little more of a commodity that you can be like, right, take all these road cases up, put in all these pallets and keep them, keep them scooting.
0: Yeah. yeah. I went out for a drive with the kids the other day and that's all there is on the road right now is trucks. Yeah. Uh, it was me, my kids and, uh, just a string of trucks.
1: <laughs> well, that's kind of scary, but no, it's, uh, it's, it's good. You know, I think it's, I think it's cool. And yeah, what you say about the, the companies, I mean, look, I think everybody at the end of the day, especially, you know, we talk about our business being really pretty small as our little sector. um, You know, there's still humans in charge of all of these and none of these decisions are easy to make. They're just, you know, doing what they have to. I mean, I read probably the most eloquent, put email from the guy that runs our gym right here down the street and you know he was like look we're making a really tough decision but like we operate pretty close to the line and if there is to be a place for these employees to come back to this is what we have to do and just being like open and honest and transparent about that I think is is cool
0: yeah Sometime in the in the very recent past you had to make a decision to go uh become a corporation or remain freelance. What were the yep. weighing factors in that decision? Oh, well again, I don't really have
1: a a mind about it. I mean that it wasn't super recently. That was like 2008. Um but you know, I think at a certain point, like once you start doing business, you have to have certain business things. Right. And I mean, really what I I can think team tours for, you know, starting so Midwest because the, in 2007, I got like 32 W2s from different States and it was like, what is going on with this? Like, why is the state of Pennsylvania auditing me? Uh, I paid them $7 in 2007 and they want me to pay, you know, their income tax rate on my full income. And then, you know, I was like, but I only, I don't understand any of this. So after meeting with my accountant and he was kind of like, well, the real way to do this is to become incorporated. You know, you're already operating as a 10, I guess on that tour, it would have been W2, but you know, you become a W-2 for yourself and you operate, uh, as a, as a company. So, you know, it was really trying to, I mean, it was ridiculous. Like my accountant was charging me $50 to file each state income tax return and you were going to get like $7 back, you know? Um, so, and I've given that advice to some folks, but, there's a lot more that comes with it. Like when you want to own gear and depreciate gear, or if you want to, you know, sort of, I don't know, for whatever reason, having like a bricks and bricks and mortar address makes people believe that like your lighting design is going to be that much better than somebody else's that works from their kitchen or something. Um, And I've never believed that ever until, uh, you know, it was kind of just proven to me. And Um, you know, I also, yeah. So, and then it, as we started evolving from just being like a dude driving a van around with a punk band, you know, loading into a club to, you know, doing amphitheater and arena shows to, you know, starting to do all the visuals for shows between lighting and scenic and video content and special effects design and mood boards and, you know, having input on the set list and, you know, all these different things that we're doing. And then, you know, stepping away from just concert touring into like trade shows and immersive and, you know, all the cool buzzwords that everybody has, but, you know, just basically never saying no when people ask us, can you do this?
0: You know? So it sounds like you needed a little bit of a tax shelter and you needed some protections. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, and I've never been, you know a guy to think that like i i never made enough money to need like a tax shelter but i just i have a really great business manager and steven is so amazing and you know he has this really innate way to like put two things on a piece of paper and go option a option b and i'm like well then obviously this option is there but you know all of the you know chris you've been doing this as long as i have and like our business has become from you know being a bunch of like cowboys stepping out of an econoline van to you know like insurance premiums and hard hats and steel toes and 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 i don't say that in any way i don't want any of that to be taken as like that's a bad thing or like rob doesn't think we should wear high vest vests totally down with high business i don't look great in them (laughs) but (laughs) um you know i think it's i think it's it's one of those things where you go like why not i mean the first time that i got introduced to it was on a jim digby tour and he was really making it you know an initiative and i remember getting that initial kind of like ah, god what is this but like when you really just put your brain to it and again you know the thing that i was saying before about like this the does this make sense it doesn't hurt anything um and I know I'm shifting way off tangent but um you know you have to protect yourself I never had anything to protect before I lived in a storage unit you know Mm -hmm. now now I don't so (laughs) you know you you sort of have to get to the point where you're you're doing business and you're being smart you know and I'm not I don't want to ever do that in the way where, like, the CEO of United Airlines makes 11 million dollars on a stock loss or something. But you know, I just I just do what you sort of have to do to do it. What I think is the right way, or I try to do it the right way, you know. And one of my um, biggest mentors in this business was a guy who you know does some lighting, but is that's it wasn't his stock and trade. You know, his name's Mike Reed, and he knows a lot about rigging and safety because he owned a rigging company here in Chicago up until a few years ago. You know, and his his sort of arc is one that I hope I can follow, to be honest. Like, he, he's just the best human that I've ever met. And then the rest of it all percolates down from there.
0: I would imagine that you have to live in a storage container to know why you need to protect yourself against living in a storage container again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have to I, you eat know. that much ramen to know like, man, I don't want to eat ramen anymore. Yeah. I need to get some employees and make sure that they don't eat ramen. And I right. got to get some brick and mortar so that I always have a place to go. And Well, you know, the funny thing though, is like
1: I was the biggest not advocate of the brick and mortar thing. Right. Uh, the sort of, if we want to talk about that. So the, in 2015, a guy who I've known for a long time, but haven't, super known named Tyler Roach sent me an email and he was like, we should get an office together. That's literally what the email said. And I was like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay. That's a great, Uh, can you send me a proposal? Yes. We should get an office together. Yeah. (laughs) Any more details? Yes. It'll cost money. (laughs) Yeah. But you know,
1: the real story was he was in the point in his life where he was going to have a child And his like super awesome office was about to have a nursery in it and, you know, and it was, it was time. And he was also, you know, building his business to the point where uh, he was owning some gear and, and, you know, doing things and, you know, but, and I was kind of like, ah, you're crazy, man. I got an awesome office at home and I, you know, haven't had any children yet that I know of. And, um, (laughs) you know, like some good qualifiers there. Yeah, i um, not doing that 23andMe, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it took about, uh, we found, a, you know, we started very small and very humble. And it took about a month before I was like, man, you know what's really cool about this though? Is that when I, when I leave that place at five o'clock or six o'clock or seven o'clock, whatever time it is, I leave it, and then when I get an email from production manager at 9 o'clock going, where is this updated rigging plot, you know, I go, instead of going downstairs into the home office and doing it, I go, you know what, I'll get to that tomorrow. And then whatever I'm doing at 9 o'clock that night, instead of working on a rigging plot, I'm, you know, doing a relationship or, you know, working on a home project or or living a little bit of, like, non-entertainment industry life. And I think that's the thing. And, you know, you could parlay that into our current situation where like everybody's working from home and, you know, you could open Touch Designer at nine in the morning and then look up and it could be 9 p.m. and you'd still have not even connected any, you know, nodes. Um, And so, you know, but I think it's important. I mean, folks are all in different various places and walks of life, right? But like the thing for me, that I really appreciated about the studio was, you know, getting it, getting to work and then getting away from work and really making those two separate components. And I think, you know, my lady works from home um, as well. And that's a, you know, a big thing that she needs to do is like she just, it's so funny because like we have a really old bungalow here in Chicago and it has steam radiators. And so like, there's no radiator in that room. So I constantly am like, Hey, leave the door open. So the heat goes in there, you know, and she's like, I need the door to be closed. So I mentally am away from work. I'm like, okay, but when you open it up, it's going to be 30 degrees in there, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) So... That's the yeah. thing you just can't complain to the building supervisor for something like that, you're like, No, I, I gotta call Rob to sort yeah. that out and stop opening the goddamn door. Yeah, stop it. She's like,
1: I, you know, and it's, she's like, I just want the door to stay closed because you know, my mental check is that you know, I'm off the clock, I can't see the emails and they're piling up or or you know, whatever. So, um, but no, you know, it, it's cool. And that first office that we had, you know, we would have never. Have invited anybody there because like it was in an old wore down industrial building and I'm fairly certain people lived there and showered in buckets and it you know it was cool there were dudes that made like gold grills across the hall and i mean i liked it it just wasn't where you would bring somebody to try and sell them on a big design um <laughs> you know but you know and now the cool thing too is like we do a lot of things specifically in the Chicago area, but like we host the Chicago Vectorworks user group. We host the Cinema 4D meetup. We, you know, have an open call to freelancers that, you know, there's now, I think on the door, there's six different corporate entities listed on the door. And so between those six different corporate entities, we have just about everything you need to learn or do a show. You know, in this place, we have, an MA3, a pair of disguise servers, some hippos, um, mboxes, you know, tons of, I just was showing you on the video chat, we're currently working on scrounging together all the camera gear that we have to go do a live uh, stream for a friend of ours who, you know, he normally does an event and can't do the event due to the current thing. So we're going to, you know, drop off a bunch of camera gear and a little switching desk so he can make, A higher production value kind of live stream for his uh for his charity and you know just trying to but like having the place right that's something you can't do out of your like kitchen table like having i mean you can but it's having the place is like a place that the community can come and you know it warms my heart to be able to give back and it actually kills me right now because we can't everybody's got all this time like get in here but you
0: know that's not prudent right now Mm mm-hmm yeah those are the sort of things you can only do with a brick and mortar no matter how much we love our home office you can't you can't host major events in your home office
1: yeah i mean you can but you know just a couple people out on the sofa and uh you know doing the thing so yeah i mean that's that's the kind of arc of how it went from you know driving the alkaline trio van around to uh you know sitting here today talking to you.
0: (laughs) So I know that you and I are both uh, big proponents of having a little bit of uh, alternate income. And we all thought that that would be a great idea in case, you know, that's what we were told to do. Basically, if uh, the touring industry gets a little slow, then something else will pick up and vice versa. And now I'm in a place where all of my, even my alternate streams of incomes are kind of shaky. Yeah, yeah. are you uh, are you in the same spot well
1: you know a little bit about me because we're friends and um you know that i own some rental properties and stuff and uh you know i'm actually kind of in an interesting position with all of that because yes i'm poised to be fine i mean you know kind of what i've been telling people is like hey i rent this from bank of america so you can rent it from me mm-hmm. right so yep. you know uh I don't know. I was discussing this with somebody yesterday because they, you know, I don't, if everybody's in a hardship, then great. And if the bank says to me like, Hey, we won't charge you any fees and we'll just tack these missed months onto the back end of your loan, you know? So now your loan just goes another couple months or whatever. I mean, I don't think any landlords should evict people just, you know, again, the litmus test of like, don't be a jerk. Um, But, you know, you can't let somebody live there for free forever because you have to answer for that as well, right? So, um, uh, you know, but also if you have ever been in the rental market thing, um, then you know that like, you always keep six months worth of sort of rent in an emergency fund because, it usually takes between one and six months. You know, if you have a really bad tenant, then it takes them, it takes three months to get them out anyway and -hmm. you didn't get any income. And then it takes a month to like, you know, fix what, I don't know how the guy punched a hole in every singular wall in the place, (laughs) but like, (laughs) you know, that takes a month and then, you know, it takes a month to get it shown and, and whatever. So, you know, uh, that, like, don't be a jerk thing is pretty important here, too. But, like, you definitely, you know, we could parlay that back to when we are talking about production companies. Everybody's making the decision that's best for them. I actually, I don't know yet because I'm not going to send a blanket email. You know, I don't have that many, you know, instances of it. But, like, I'm not going to send a blanket email and be like, oh, it's all free for six months, you know. I'm just going to kind of take it on a case-by-case Mm-hmm. Bases and try to you know not be a jerk
0: yeah i'm so accustomed to being on the other side of that one being you know thinking of 20 year old chris being the one who was having to pay the rents and stuff and now to right. be the the 41 year old chris who's the one collecting the rents it's it's tough we have so much yeah. decisions to make yep well and you know i'm uh you know so there's
1: that thing and then you know i've in the last five years really been steering so midwest into you know, in the entertainment industry, I would call it you know video content oriented or more just kind of all visual design. But you know, we've been building a lot of content for other content producers, other designers. You know, as kind of subcontractors in a way. And then you know, I have a project that we're working on for a contractor. He's trying to build a website that's a bathroom builder, right? So he wants it like when you go to fordmotors.com and you pick up the new Taurus and you click you know, red graffiti sparkle and it, you know, it instantly changes the car. He wants a rendered lit version of every one of those sinks. You know, he has 11 sink options in his bathroom builder. So like we need to render and model all of those in a way, but then deliver it in a way that the web builder can deal with it. So, you know, there are, all of us know how to move a mouse and move a cursor and use a computer for the most part. You know, (laughs) I would say that like, all the crew chiefs that I know and you know love are probably all valid, could go work in a data center as a network engineer at this point. You know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, we do this job not to make like billions of dollars. We do this job to because we can get paid a decent wage and you know, it's fun. So you know i think i don't hope that every you know crew chief that i know and love goes and becomes a network data engineer but you know i just what i'm getting at is i think that there are tons of skills that we all have that we could use and if this thing
0: continues like you know i don't know Oh I, man, I I don't. I don't have any <laughs> I don't have any other skills. You do. I swear you to god do. if if one zombie comes <sighs> knocking on my door, I am out. I have well, nothing. That's
1: yeah, that's not the skill that I'm worried about, but like I've definitely seen you rotoscope stuff for in Photoshop. <laughs> so like yes. you could can... get on fiber right now and rotoscope <laughs> the heck out of a bunch of stuff, you know.
0: If anybody needs some 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 uh mid-level Uh, photoshopping (laughs) 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 let me know because that's my that's my backup plan but I swear man if if it comes down to like plowing the soil or uh no doing the Heimlich maneuver or uh sewing I'm, I'm out I'm gonna be no, you're not because you'll you'll be in and
1: you'll be in 110 percent because that's your mentality.
0: I will totally hold the fabric for somebody else to sew. I can, <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can converse about philosophy if anybody wants to. We can we can definitely have discussions about uh, the benefits of universal <laughs> basic income if anybody wants to yeah. do that in the, in the zombie apocalypse.
1: You know, but let's let's talk about, and, you know, I don't want to be like fear tactics or whatever, but, you know, what's your take on this thing getting restarted? Like, okay, so everything everything goes, and we hit play. Boom. I and mean, I imagine it's like a big rubber play button, and it's like green in the middle, and it's like hand-sized, and you're just like, and it says economy under
0: it, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so after having quite a few discussions on this one, I yeah. I don't think that button exists. Number okay. one, I, I love the the analogy, but there is no such thing. Okay, and there it will not be an opening of the floodgates. There will not okay. be a okay. So that twenty thousand person show that you were about to do that you postponed, you can't just reschedule it because you can't have twenty thousand people back in a venue i think you're gonna have to we're gonna be in this really weird place where that twenty thousand person event is going to only allow a thousand people in and they're gonna have to keep a six foot distance basically just short of like here's your ticket and a hula hoop and you can all go general audience but you all have to stay six feet away from each other for the next uh three weeks and I think that even uh, when Coachella reschedules, I think it's going to be, okay, we can only allow one-tenth of the amount of people that we had because wow. we're we're slowly going to get back into this.
1: Do you think that that's going to be... Uh, I also like how I'm now interviewing you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that that's going to be like... Like in, you know, I don't know if you're super familiar with like how they come up with capacities, but having done a bunch of designs that you know have stages out in the audience, it becomes like a seat kill thing, and like I learned way more about. So, fire codes typically say, you know, changes per jurisdiction, but like everybody in that place, you are owed five square feet, right? So on on the floor, you get five square feet. Do you think that fire marshals or government entities are going to increase that to like a six, I should figure out what the square footage of the six foot radius is, Um, but, you know, increase that to be that, that sort of thing. And they're going to change like venue caps on it. Do you think it'll get that extreme or do you think it'll be like a slow kind of ramp back up back to
0: five square feet? I think it'll be a slow ramp back up. Okay, but no, I don't think the current fire codes are going to change forever. But I think in the interim, I think they're going to change. Okay, so if there, if you could have fit a person in every seat, now we have to close every fifth seat. Okay, right. You guys can't. You can't go and touch the doorknobs. We're gonna everybody's got to elbow the doorknobs, and I think it's going to be a slow return. Got it. I think that. Uh, we're going to test the waters. I don't think we're going to open the floodgates. Yeah, I I
1: agree and, and sort of hope so. I mean, I read a very interesting take on uh, all of this from a website that I don't really know much about, uh, and so I don't want to mention them, but it was written by a fellow named Phil Gallo, and it quoted a lot of people that aren't like lighting designers or sound engineers or guitar techs it was more like booking agents and irving azoff and you know those sort of folks and you know i think one of the the hardest things is going to be just trying to figure out like and again remember when i said it it hasn't just our little slice of the world so what do you do when you've got to put a condensed baseball schedule into some of these parks you know they're going to pop all the entertainment straight out of them out of the schedule because they get first rights of refusal being Mm -hmm. the, you know, the majority or the owner of the field. Right. So, you know, like how, and same with the, the arenas and all of those, you know, venues. I mean, I was talking to a manager on Thursday of last week and he's like, well, we're currently rescheduling for the fall. This is for a potential tour that we're looking at designing and, um, you know, he's like, we are experiencing like 17th and 25th holds on venues. And this is probably like a thousand to 2,500 seat kind of venue, uh, tour. And I'm like a 25th hold. Like, why would you even get in line? Like, you know, that 24 people before you are going to definitely book. And I I know the answer is because you just, you get in there, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I was also talking to a drummer from one of our clients And he was like, you know, we have a tour completely with first holds set to go in September. And, um, you know, we're represented by CAA and we're sort of like scared that CAA is going to be like, well, we're just going to slide you out, you know, like your tour is going to get sort of, you know, postponed or whatever. And I was like, dude, what if you could like flip that and be like, you know what, sell it, sell your first hold spot. Be like, oh, well, give us give us ten grand
0: per first hold spot. That's capitalism at its best, right there. I guess yeah. that's why you're the twenty fifth hold. <laughs> like, well, we're going to outbid the first the yeah. first hold.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's capitalism or hustling, but you know, one of them.
0: Um, I think that the like the once the the isolation lifts, I think the 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 ten person gatherings are going to start first then the 25 person gatherings and then the 50 person gatherings. So what you're saying is there's
1: hope to get my ska band from the nineties back together.
0: Yes. Uh, in fact, I would imagine the a level bands are going to have to be the first ones to come back to perform to 10 people. <laughs> like yes. that will be a sold out crowd. will be 10 people.
1: Yeah. You want to talk about um, alternate streams of revenue. I have a good friend. He always posts his like, Publishing check that he gets from his band that he was on Victory Records in the 90s, and he, it's like eight cents. And he's like, Well, that didn't exactly work out, <laughs> and that's like the whole year, you know.
0: Uh, I have um, seen other very creative people coming up with ideas where you can build a room where one person can go in at a time and set up the cameras so that they can be controlled remotely. Then that person leaves, and then another person comes in and sets up just enough, like a floor package and some lighting. Yeah. And then that person leaves and then the artist comes in and where the the programmer is remote, the camera operators are remote, and the content generators are remote, but the artist is in the room broadcasting live shows to their fans. That's cool. That's, that sounds like something that we can do within the the current parameters that we have. I mean we're we're so restricted we can't have we can't even unload uh, a truck right now that would, unloading a truck right. alone takes 10 people. Right. So, well, you know, and one of the things,
1: cause you know, my non-industry friends um, of which I don't have that many, but they, they ask interesting questions, right? They're like, well, can you, can you do like, could you just do your show as a live stream? And you know, it's like, uh, we've all written these articles and done these interviews and had these conversations about how we're now painting for Instagram and, you know, social media is, is sort of our critic and our lens and, you know, what we're making color choices based on, you know, phone camera technology and stuff. But like at a certain aspect, we're still designing for the wide view, right? Like the, the, the wide perspective view and the live stream, stuff i mean did you watch the dropkicks thing the other day
0: i enjoyed that so much
1: yeah and i thought it was really well done i really did and uh you know i don't know who is doing that currently but bravo to you guys um and uh it just you know it had the right mix of like close-up interesting shots not sitting on the same shot forever and you know some production value you know still in it but you know i think that the idea of like the uh, the everything live stream is really hard suited to get capture the scale of the events Right. hmm Um, yeah, and then, you know, people are always like well Couldn't it just be like remember marshmallow did the live performance in Fortnite? and I'm like, yeah I, I know but like I don't know how to write Python at all. So, um, I don't know if I'm in that <laughs> You know
0: and now's the time to learn Python, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm seeing the, the DJ sets live that are gathering hundred thousand people, but yep. for that, I mean there's no there's no revenue to generate. There's no there's no business happening there other than than social media platforms. There's really I don't know how you monetize that. I don't know how you put people to work doing well, that. But Eventually you... we, we have to get back to work. Right. But
1: would you agree or disagree that the production value of some of those things could be bettered through, I mean, an iPhone is an amazing piece of equipment, but like, you know, it, that would look much better with a a better camera and maybe like someone, you know, I don't know, operating it, you know, from remotely. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, these ad hoc shows are amazing and I love it because it gets back to like the kind of punk rock ethos that I grew up in and around, but like, um, you know, I, I don't know. I think you're exactly right. Like we have a bunch of people that have to get back to work and, you know, get at it. I, you know, and this is, what's really funny. I have a friend who's an interior designer and, you know, she's feeling it because, you know, her job is largely relying upon like, you know, she does high end interiors and it's discretionary funds. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And she has a client who we, I met at a social gathering and, um, they were asking if I could do their backyard lighting. And she was like, I just laughed. And I, you know, I sort of told my client like, no, that's not the kind of lighting he does. And I was like, uh, stop. Give me in touch. You know, give me in touch. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> uh, Ariton's got these new IP fixtures. That'll be great.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. I can um, string some festoons. I can hang some IP65 lights. I I'm I'm in. Yeah, but you know I what can I mean? Upsell. I think, yeah, so there you go.
1: So you're so you're not completely, you know, um, without the ability to operate in this this thing. <laughs> but, you know, I think I think that it's I don't know. You know, I what I do think is that you're not going to be able to charge the ridiculous amount of money to these companies That you once did in the convention centers you know it's funny because so i'm i'm 40 right Mm -hmm. and uh most of the guys that are around are in their like between 24 and 30 so you know what's crazy is that like i was with incubus when 9-11 happened right and it was like okay we're not loading in anymore tours canceled we're going home And because that's kind of what everybody's asking me, like the last big national, you know, tragedy, and this is like a world tragedy, in a way, but, you know, and they were like, well, it was okay after that, right? And I was like, well, it's, it was a new normal, like a lot of these things that we now are just cool with, like wiretaps and TSA and, you know, all this stuff that didn't exist back then, you know, and, (laughs) um, you know, there will be a new normal after this, I guess is where I'm going with that you know we'll just we'll adapt and we'll learn and and we'll do it um the thing that after 9-11 is it really drew us all together and then there was a bunch of shows to do right after that like support the troops you know like recovery age you know like all these shows that happened within a month or so after we got back to work but you know this thing i think you're right i think it's it you know who's going to be the first one to to have a show you know exactly. who's going to be the
0: the thing that's the, that's a that's a great point to bring up is the other weirdest thing is up here in canada the last big thing to hit was sars right and that was yeah, yeah. really big up here but our response to that was well let's put the rolling stones in a big field and bring everybody together and raise money for sars right and we can't do that, right? So we're we're in uncharted water here. We don't we don't know how to show solidarity other than on Facebook memes and stuff. That's the only way we can show solidarity because we can't we can't generate a large gathering of people. That's that's straight out of the rule books. Is when 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 the shit hits the fan, we all join together arm in arm. Right? <laughs> we can't join arm in arm six feet apart. Well, and you know, this, this
1: is so deep reaching too, because there's not going to be any like siren that goes off and says, this is the all clear, you know, everybody like, you know, pencils were down, you know, open your test booklets and get to work. Um, you know, the geography of the, the whole thing is so big. Like you could have Denver and Chicago be okay, but San Diego and LA are still, you know, too many cases or whatever. Like, are we going to have to wait until like Oklahoma is available? You know, like, do we have to, I know that's mean. I love, yeah. I love places, but um, you know, I just, I, I don't know, you know, it's like the scheduling is going to be insane, you know? And then everybody that it's so funny because everybody's like, well, record sales don't matter anymore, but like, we still tend to plan tours based on the release of new music.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like it's like the why, you know, it's purposeful. Why we're coming to you now versus last month, you know, to talk about these new songs or whatever. But, um, you know, people like if you've been planning to push an album or save an album, you know, I just hope that out of all of this, people are able, you know, I think there's a few different, kinds of folks i think there's folks who are like you know i'm still in touch with some of those like you know dirty van bands that you know play shows and stuff and they were like well all of our tours are canceled we're just going to go home and you know go back to being a bar back and it was like well actually um (laughs) no you're not Mm -hmm. um you know and those are the folks that they're not doing professional development right they're not cracking open Houdini and you know figuring out some osc integration into disguise they're figuring out like the cubic footage of a refrigerator box (laughs) Uh,
0: one of my favorite creative solutions i saw recently was in washington i believe a a strip club that had to close down changed into a food delivery company (laughs) overnight there you go they already had the kitchen they already had the the deliverers yeah, and uh, the barbacks turned into order takers the girls turned into deliverers and the cooks are still doing exactly what they do and uh, they went from non-essential to essential overnight well there you go yeah
1: and uh, that's,
0: that's the creativity we're gonna have to keep our eyes open for absolutely
1: well and you know it's there's so many different things that give you pause like my immediate solution to the toilet paper and um paper towel shortage so here we just have one bathroom for everybody in the studio and we just use paper towels to dry our hands right well that's dumb because that's not going to last very long and um so i was like man we i should buy like a dyson Airblade and install it right and um that's probably better for the world anyway but So you go and look at the prices of a Dyson Airblade and you're like, with no money coming in, is it really prudent to spend 1,500 bucks on this thing? I don't know. Uh, Cool, I'll go look on OfferUp and look at a used solution. But like, do you want to go meet? So then I'd like talk to a guy that had one for 500 bucks and I was like, okay, cool. Um, And then he was like, cash only. I'm like, dude, that was the deal breaker. Like, I'm not going to an ATM
0: right now. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> like i don't know if you've been checking out the news or whatever but like money seems like the
0: dumbest thing possible right now <laughs> that's funny yeah so, Uh that's a great place we got to end this i <laughs> i uh i feel like we could continue this for many more hours buddy yeah i always enjoy our time together well i super appreciate it man and to everybody
1: listening out there there's anything we can do to help or you want to you know i'm hosting the loading dock video thing like trying to do an hour or two a day uh just putting the link i haven't found a link yet where it can just sit up there for the next three months like even zoom only lets it happen for 24 hours right Uh, but i want to have it so that like i don't even have to be there it could just be people coming and going in one big kind of virtual loading dock um but i have been posting the link on my social media so i don't know if we're not friends that isn't gonna work i don't know yeah, you can just but anyway, uh, find
0: so midwest
1: yeah, yeah find that and then i'll maybe i'll start posting it there actually okay and uh you know it's it's cool and it's been interesting and it's introduced all these weird dynamics and i super appreciate you having me on and listening to me blather for some time and uh you know let's keep in touch like just i think we're all gonna get through it one way or another and just like 9-11 and just like every, you know, all the world wars, like there was a new normal after that and we will adapt and creativity will come out of it and cool things will come out of it. And, uh, you know, away we go.
0: Right on. Let's keep looking for the helpers and let's find the, find the creative people that are going to help us get through this.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, thank
0: you very much. And have a great rest of your day. You as well.